Do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Berzo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. Welcome to the audio version of what we learned in 2020 on nutrition, inequality, ownership, health, agroforestry, profitability, soil, and so much more. If you want to see all the links, find the link to the show notes in the description below. Wow, this was a very, very intense year. It's hard to believe it was only 12 months. I hope you and your loved ones haven't been personally affected by the health crisis. The attention for food and agriculture has absolutely exploded and many of our eating habits have completely changed. Everyone who is selling directly and indirectly to consumers had to deal with a massive growth, which can be obviously really, really tough. But on the flip side, everyone who was selling to restaurants, etc. had to completely shift their operation, which hasn't been easy as well. So it's safe to say that it wasn't an easy year for anyone, even if you haven't been personally affected by the health crisis. It's been very, very difficult to pick the key lessons from over 40 long interviews we did, more than eight webinars and a complete series on transition finance for farmers. So let's get a cup of tea and give it a try. First up, health. Even in a year where almost every conversation we had was about our health, there's still hardly any attention for the potential for food as prevention or preventive medicine. This really, really blows my mind. Zach Boos joined us to discuss why all health issues come back to how we treat the soil and what's actually in our food. Greg Schumacher came back to share his latest learnings. And it's absolutely shocking to see how fast nutrients disappear when something is harvested. And the huge differences there are between organic and non-organic when measured on the farm, but interestingly enough, not on the supermarket shelf. So a lot more research is needed there. We also took a deep dive into animal protein as a preventive medicine with Pierre Bio. Pierre started two clinical trials with COVID-19 patients and in older people with the aim to evaluate whether omega-3 diet enrichment basically meaning regenerative farmed animal protein, could protect patients against severe forms of COVID-19. Extremely fascinating and obviously we need to follow up to see how those clinical trials have been going. You can see a full list of interviews on nutrient density in the links below. Ownership, inequality, access, racism and discrimination. Of course we all knew this wasn't a fair world, but in our little bubble it was very easy and convenient to forget just how unfair it really is. In the interview with Chris Newman, where we discussed his work at Sylvan Aqua Farms, we only scratched the surface. Chris didn't only blew up the myth of the single family farm, which was about time, but also made it painfully clear that the current farming system in the global north is extremely, and this is capital letters, unfair. And this is an understatement. Plus, most importantly, what to do about it. Hint, invest in indigenous collectives as soon as possible. If you're interested in ag at all, do yourself a favor, follow Chris and Sarah Mock and the collective on Instagram. Find the links below. And if you haven't, please do listen to this episode. It might make you feel quite uncomfortable, which is good. And let me know your feedback after having a listen. Profits. Can you make money with regenerative farming? Probably the question we get the most. And the answer is simple, but very complex. Yes, you absolutely can. But it, of course, there's always a but completely depends on the context. We had Jonathan Lundgren, co-author of the only peer-reviewed paper comparing the profitability of regen versus extractive agriculture. He joined the podcast to talk about the financial profits and about other research coming out and why it's so difficult 
to do this type of research. I would say an absolutely fascinating interview. And what about feeding the world? Isn't regenerative slash organic slash agroecology slash permaculture, fill in your own buzzword, yielding a lot less so we will all starve and have to cut down the last remaining rainforest? With Fabio Sakamoto, we discussed how to close the yield gap that in some cases is absolutely there between regenerative organic and extractive agriculture, in this case, in grains and pulses in Brazil. And yes, again, it's absolutely possible. Don't let anybody tell you you cannot feed the world while farming with nature. This doesn't mean it's easy. It's naturally more complex than we have time for here. But I did find a great short podcast, I think it's seven or eight minutes, by Charles Eisenstein, where he tackles this issue. Again, the link you can find below. So big money is coming. Financial markets are waking up, but we're not there yet. We saw some great signs of progress this year. We saw the first green bond, again, by Fabio. Congrats, Fabio. Focused on regenerative farming approaches in Brazil, severely oversubscribed. More than 200 million has been invested by 123 in agroforestry. Two interviews with Oliver Henke and Richard Falken can be found below. Skin in the Game Transition Finance by the Perennial Fund by Medag. They're almost closing their first fund. Congrats to Brandon and Phil and the whole team, obviously, at Medag. And crowd investing is finally coming to us to allow retail investors, people like you and me, to invest in regenerative transitions. You can find the interview with Dan Miller below. And big food companies are starting to pay attention. Congrats to Bastien on all the progress the Earthworm Foundation has been making with Nestle, Ferrero and many others. But, and there's always a but, these examples seem to be very small exceptions compared to the rest of the financial market because the rest of the financial market hasn't really priced in the risks of extractive agriculture at all. We had a very interesting discussion with the people from Planet Tracker, Mark Campanale and Matt McLucky who painfully show us what is wrong with the current financial system and the pricing of agriculture and food. You can find more in the interview, but also on the Planet Tracker website. Definitely have a look. And I can hear many, many farmers thinking who are listening to this, that basically when they're discussing with their local bank representative, that they are educating them on soil and what regenerative farming actually means. We're absolutely not in a position where a farmer or the cost of capital of a farmer is based on their soil and based on their farming management. But Robin O'Brien of Replant Capital did launch a $250 million fund focusing on that and doing just that. Food, what happens after the farm gate is as important as what happens on the farm. We need way better food companies so more money flows to the farm and to the farmer who is making these transitions. We did an eight-part transition finance for farmers series with our co-host and partner in crime, Benedict Bösel, and we concluded that before even thinking about transition finance, we need better offtake agreements. Farmers need better long-term offtake agreements in order to take on transition finance. We looked at a farm-to-bottle soy sauce company where the farmer is actually part of the company, and we even had a biodynamic baby food company on the show early days, we feel extremely fortunate to speak to so many of the pioneers, like the queen of Region Ag, Elaine Ingham, but it also feels like we're in a bubble and we're very, very early on the journey. This makes it very exciting because so many things of this new movement, industry, whatever we want to call it, have to be invented, like the robots of Clint, the virtual fences of Frank, which we had on the show, which could both end up revolutionizing the industry as we know it today. And Greg, Schumacher showed us again that we have no idea what's in our food today and why it's so difficult to measure that. But don't underestimate the decade-long journey that we have ahead of us. 
Which brings us to the lesson that we had before, focus, focus, focus. This is the final lesson. And if you have been following us for a while, this may sound familiar because we had it as a lesson before in 2019. I'm very, very excited for another fascinating year and actually many fascinating years where we try to go deeper into the themes that are most impactful to us. If you want to know how we selected these, definitely find the links below because we have a full framework of how we selected health, which means nutrient density in food and the connection between healthy soil, healthy produce, healthy gut system, and healthy people. Technology, what is the technology needed to scale regenerative agriculture to a watershed ecosystem or landscape level? Payment system for farmers, how do we pay farmers for ecosystem services, although nobody likes that word? And transition finance, how do we finance this all? We hope honestly that 2021 will be a boring as in uneventful year where we start to focus on the growth of the regenerative agriculture sector and start to build the key pieces for the rest of this decade to capture this amazing momentum that has been happening. We're very much looking forward to next year. We'll be exploring the tech side of landscape scale regeneration, hopefully dive deeper into regenerative aquaculture and so much more. And I wish you a very joyful holiday season. Looking forward to regenerating so much more soils and many more hectares in 2021. And many thanks for listening, watching, sharing, and participating. And actually a small bonus lesson. Pay what you think is worth is actually working. To help you to invest in regenerative agriculture and food, to help you ask the right questions, to see the right trends, we launched a video course in August 2020. And the participants can pay what they think is worth to them. And many did. If you're one of them, thank you. You make this work possible. If you haven't checked it out yet, you can learn how to become rich quickly by investing in Regen Food and Egg. No, no, I'm just kidding. Investing in Regen Food and Egg isn't easy, so don't expect and never fall for any get-rich-quick schemes. This is all for the lessons of 2020. I hope you have a great holiday season and looking forward to see you next year. Bye-bye.